Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Tom Pickens, and uh, I'm going to introduce myself a little bit to start. Um, my wife and I have been here at the church for about 25 years, and yet, <clears throat> you know, we've had COVID and everything, and all this time so it's amazing how many people we still don't seem to know you know and we're coming into contact and it's really good and and um, we were married in uh, Beaverton Oregon in 1981 um, I went down there to finish my schooling and so I went to uh, a church that had a uh, college career group because I wasn't married yet and so Anyway, I thought that might be a good place to uh, find someone to get married. And Lord uh, brought us together. And so we've been married almost 40 years uh, this fall. And so I'm really, really happy for all those years. It seems just like yesterday. We, we were missionaries um, in the Philippines for seven years. And then um, came back to the States um, came here for a job. I worked with the state for 26 years and uh, as a uh, social worker, long-term care social worker. And then I got to retire. I got to retire in uh, June of 2020. And so I've been looking forward to retirement and I'm just starting to figure, out, figure it out right now as, as to that. You know, when I first was retired, um, I was walking out one day and Sandy had something on TV and I said, what's, what's that? Why is that lady um, behind some screen here? And she seems to be, there's a glass plate. Oh, well, um, that guy there, he's a bad guy and he kidnapped her uh, at the wedding because he wants to marry her and he didn't want the other guy so he snuck in and he kidnapped her at the wedding and, uh, and then I thought, okay. And then... Later on, and, oh, and who's this other guy? Oh, he's the necktie murderer. And necktie murderer. Uh, he used to go and kill people, but he went to prison and the, the, to mental hospital, and he's taking medicine now. And so he doesn't do that. And so I thought, oh, my goodness. And then a couple weeks later, it was Father's Day. And so at Father's Day, I, she, uh, she gave me a shirt, and it said, and I, I just wore this the other day, it said, I'm retired to do what my wife tells me to do. <laughs> at that point, I thought, uh, I think I'll go back and ask my, my uh, boss for my job back. No, no, not really, not really, but uh, we're going to be looking today at uh, Romans chapter 13, and let's open in prayer. Father, we come to you, we thank you for yourself and, and for your goodness and your presence in our life. Life is, it says so many unexpected turns and, um, you know, we gather here together and we, uh, you know, we just get a few moments to talk to each other and, a lot of, and we, we have no idea what's going on in our lives. I mean, everything's not really good and wonderful like you might see on Facebook or Instagram and we show the good pictures but you know we have all sorts of things happening such as sewage lines in the backyard that that give out and and decks that are collapsing and all this kind of stuff 
But Lord, you're good and you have your word and you're there to encourage and to teach us. And, and so teach us today from Romans chapter 13 and we will listen and just help us to grow and to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so as, as we continue on in, in Romans, we're in chapter 13 and this whole section that, uh, well, Paul always starts out with, you know, the teaching and everything else, and then, and, and then he goes to the practical part. So we're in the practical part, and 13 is still part of the practical part. How do we then live as, as believers? And so he starts out, and um, he talks about uh, the Christian and, and government, and so... Romans 13, 1 to 3 is uh, this first section that we're looking at. And, and, and so anyway, we're going to be, um, I'm going to be reading to you out of uh, the living, the New Living Translation. And so it would be the New Living Translation. Uh, I've looked at a lot of translations here and I, I, I like that one for today. So it says, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they'll be punished. For the authorities don't strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who do wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but to also keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. Oh, I'm glad for that. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Thanks, Elmer, for, uh, for this section. I, I thought, okay, isn't that a fun section? Oh, we'll, we'll have, it'll be okay. I'm actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something real different with it as we, as we talk about it. I'm going to take you to, to two different countries. The first, first country, of course, will be Rome, where the Roman Christians are. And their emperor at this time was the, the wonderful Roman Emperor Nero. Yeah, Nero. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lord. We live under Nero. And so they had Nero. And this is before he started burning Christians. They didn't know that was, and crucifying them and all the rest. So he didn't know that was going, they didn't know that was going to happen. However, they're just like everybody in the world. Hey, now we are Christians. Maybe we can get out of paying taxes. I hate taxes. Don't, don't, you, don't you guys hate taxes? I mean, everybody in the world hates to pay their taxes. And so maybe we don't have to pay taxes anymore because we're Christians. And uh, oh, those, those centurions and those soldiers, are, you know, they enforce the, that's who enforce the law. And, and they get pesky. And, and uh, maybe we can kind of not have to worry about them. Uh, so what does Paul say to him? Wrong. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. You got government. And uh, government, yeah, 
basically government's there for a couple of reasons good or bad whatever it is it's there to present prevent chaos and and to keep and help us keep order so we can have some kind of order to society in our lives when we don't have government it gets chaotic and and you're sitting here waiting for some kind of order to come in and uh, just look at uh, look at poor Haiti right now with their the poor poor country and earthquake they just had and uh, hurricanes coming and and just chaotic those people well, they, they want order again president was just assassinated so I'm going to take you I'm going to take you on a journey today also with us to the Philippines and so here we are in uh, get married in 81 and anyway we uh, you know I, I was going to wanted to go in the ministry and so I said you know I, I'd like to go on a short term short term someplace and we had, we had two choices so uh, with the mission we went with and, and they said well there's, there's two choices one is uh, Japan and the other is Philippines and I thought okay we kind of prayed for a minute and said Philippines uh, we, we can speak and we can get by in English so, so God took us to the Philippines now the Philippines just to tell you where it is uh, people aren't all history and geography wonks like me but uh, Philippines is a country of 110 million bunch of islands and it's down it's uh, kind of off the coast of China and Vietnam it used to be an American colony until 1946 so that's why that's why they use English and because they um, They've, they've got eight major languages, so they use English in their school system uh, so that they, they, can have, they can have one curriculum and, and they can communicate each other. And, of course, English opens up the whole world to you. So, so we, we got there. We've never lived outside the country. And uh, so we get there in December of 1983. And we were going, and it was kind of a chaotic time in the, the country. They, they had a strongman leader, President Marcos, and, and he, was, he was older and seemed kind of sick. And, and, uh, and so he had jailed opponents, but it, it was still a democracy, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't all that great and everything. And, and there was a lot of corruption, and like a lot of developing nations. And so we, we went there, but we were excited. And, and we thought, I, I wonder how the Filipinos are. Are they going to be all depressed and, and uh, worried and all the rest? So, so we, we get there and, uh, you know, hot, humid, sort of like it's been last couple of days here, but all year long. So we, we get there in December. And, and, uh, and so first thing one of the missionaries takes us to is... Uh, one of the bigger churches uh, that was started there and and so they're having a Christmas presentation and they have a, a, a musical group of young people in college high school but mostly college and they're preparing for this and, and modern music and and we we thought man they're they're talented they're, they're so talented and uh, we talked to them and they, they were so excited and they said well they're not sad or anything and and then we went out to meet the people where we were going to start the church. There was, we were going to start a, a daughter church. And we had a youth pastor who was going to be the, the pastor and work along with us. And so we, we went there and, 
and Mrs. Uh, Mildred Ozetti, she had uh, she already had a little Bible study going, and so she had us. We were outside in a little. Uh, uh, a little hut, not a hut, but it was outside. It was covered. Bring us snacks and things like this. Uh, and one of the neighbors uh, and his wife were there, Renee and Agnes Ballone. And uh, I mean, just funny and nice people and excited. And, and we met him and we started a Bible study. And then everybody, there were, you know, not a lot of people there, but they, they, were, they were happy. They were excited. They, they wanted a church in their community. And uh, they were excited. And they, they weren't worried about the government. I, I think, they, you know, things were orderly and they didn't worry too much about it and, and uh, they could live their lives. But their, their focus was, was on the Lord and on, on coming to Him. And, and, so, and so that happened. And so we planted a church. And, and, uh, and before we left, the, you know, we had, we had maybe 50 people or so in the church. And, but it was exciting, exciting time in the, the two-year period in the two-year period. So, so anyway, just, uh, I'm just taking this there because everybody in the world, I mean, our, our governments, whatever they are, whatever they're doing, you know, they're not perfect because we live in a sinful and fallen world. And, and so everybody in the world, you know, we, we, we don't like some things, we complain about things, but, but you know, what, what God wants us to do is this. And, uh, and so... Anyway, okay, I, I don't see any of the, any of the verses any place here. And you know what? They're supposed to pop up, but I'm not going to worry about it. So, yeah. So the, the next one, if you have your Bible or device, is uh, 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 2. And so, you know what? You know what? I mean, today I, I can just tell. I mean, things... Things were not coming along as, as really planned. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm, I'm not even, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here learning things myself. And we're not going to worry about it. There we go. Don't even worry about it. God doesn't really care about that. He cares about us. So here it is. So what do we do as Christians? What do we do as Christians? In 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy. So Paul's writing to Timothy. And he says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. So what are we supposed to do? One thing as Christians, let's pray. Let's pray for people. Let, let's pray for each other. Let's, let's pray for that. And here's what we do with, with government. For kings, for whoever maybe is the, the leader of the country, and for those in authority, that we as believers may lead peaceable and quiet lives in, in all godliness and holiness. So, Pray, pray, pray for anybody who's, who's working in government. It's so tough. Pray, pray for the, our, all of our leaders, everybody, you know. Pray for them. Pray, pray that they'll make good decisions. Pray, pray that we'll have, just, just pray. Just keep praying. When they don't make good decisions, and, and a lot of times they don't make good decisions, and everybody makes mistakes, but pray for them. Pray for them. And that's what we'll do. And what's our focus? Our focus, is, our focus is what God wants us to be doing. God wants us to be doing. So that brings us to the next section. Brings us to the next section here. And, uh, and so I'm going to open my Bible. And I've got the NIV. 
And I'll go ahead and read that. And I have this right here. So, this, this section here I call the, the debt that never goes away. Oh boy. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of what God's commandments are and how we are to deal with each other. Well, you have any, any debts you'd like to go away? <laughs> uh, if you own a house and it's still not paid off, most of us are paying mortgages if you own a house. I mean, wouldn't it be nice for that to go away? Those who have paid off a house, I, I haven't ever paid off a house yet, but uh, what a relief. <laughs> to have that debt gone a car loan now I have paid off car loans before and, and it's so nice to pay off the car loan because I own the thing and I don't have that oh credit card debt I don't want to talk about that we, have we ever had credit card debt oh yeah we had credit card debt and uh, you know and so you, you got to get rid of it somehow and it's boy anyway those are the debts that we don't want to keep around but there's there's the one debt that never goes away or the one one responsibility interesting how Paul put that isn't it the, the debt that never goes away love that as Christians to love each other to love people and it never goes away let me read in um, I'll read from Matthew 22 34 It'll be Matthew 22, 34. Jesus is, is talking to the Sadducees and Pharisees and everybody else. And, and so uh, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Now oh, those wonderful Pharisees. They always get together to try to mess up Jesus. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Wow. Wow. You know, we sometimes make our faith so complicated. And there are a lot of things we, we don't understand. I, I think the best thing is a lot of things we won't understand. I don't care who, who the teacher is or anything like that or the theologian, but a lot of things we think we might understand. But the, what, what Jesus really is saying is, is it's really simple. Christianity, knowing me as your Savior and Lord, being my disciples, and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and 
strength and to love others just as much just as much as you love yourself I, I don't need any other <laughs> I don't need any other real responsibilities or commandments I mean uh, I can't even do this stuff on my own without the help of the Holy Spirit and Christ who lives in me you know and I know I'm going to be guilty because I'm going to say Lord I, I can't do it on my own and it doesn't matter I'm going to just keep following you and help me to love you and to love others in the power of your spirit Jesus in John 13 in John 13 he's he's talking to his he's talking to his uh, disciples the last supper has uh, has just taken place and and these are the last things he's saying to them in all their their confusion and everything else and and so he tells them a new commandment I give to you a new commandment I give to you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this by, by loving other people as much as I've loved you they will know or everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another wow Francis Schaeffer a writer and teacher of when I was young many years ago he said he had a book it was called love the mark of the Christian what what is the real mark of the Christian it's love it's if the world sees that that we love them that's the mark of the Christian that's what God wants of us and I mean loving people doesn't mean oh what am I going to do it just we're, we're living our lives we're living our lives that's our ministry living our lives and just doing stuff God, God recently showed me in May I mean showed me a couple of things and I'm not even going to go into it but one thing he said was uh, encourage encourage others and so uh I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, so I, I think, how can I encourage my wife? And it's important for a husband to encourage their wife, isn't it? So the, uh, and actually, they, they encourage you back two more. But uh, I've been married almost 40 years, people. So, you know, you got you to gotta learn these things. You're still, you're still adjusting even after 40 years. We'll adjust our whole lives. So, you know, so I've, I've been just people that help me and stuff I you know I pray for them I thank them I um, you know I don't know I thank the waitress thank you I mean if they do a good job I hey thank you for doing such a good job I just I mean, I'm talking to them I, I talk to people I enjoy people and and uh, wow the other day I was oh I was I had to go and make a I don't know what it was I had a question for my uh, Kaiser insurance and so Anyway, I, I called, and the customer rep, she was just really good on the phone with people. I mean, just really, really good, and all this, and very professional and kind. She was going to transfer me, and, and I said, you know, I, I just want to tell you, um, I really appreciate, you know, you're really good on the phone with, with people, and you just, just did a good job, and I appreciate that. And, and she kind of stopped, and she said, you, she said uh, excuse me, I'm an emotional person too, but she said, you don't know how much that means. You don't know how much that, much that means, and I and I, I don't tell her. Well, yes, I do. I used to call people on the on the phone too in my job, and I went on. But you know, just something like that with with any anybody, you know, 
and that's whatever you do with love. love. Love can be, my love language is basically just doing stuff for people and, and uh, that kind of stuff. But so I'm learning another love language, which is in basically caring, at, caring words, loving words. The mark of the Christian. And that's what God wants us, wants us to do. The hope we can always have, that's, that's our final section here and uh, I have to read it and I didn't turn the page here again so so that's 11 11 to 14 the hope we can always have faith, hope and love and so here's what Paul says and do this, do what? love, love and live understanding the present time the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And, and then he tells a bunch of icky stuff that, that people can do. And, and uh, the Roman church really knew about that because that describes Roman society. But then in 14... He says, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Wow. I was reading this and thinking of it and I... <laughs> God has a sense of humor and maybe Paul had a sense of humor. I don't know. But uh, he said, wake up from your sleep. Wake up. Well, when I retired, when I retired, I, uh, I told my supervisor, I love my supervisor, I loved my, loved my unit. I said, yeah, I said, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to take naps. I love naps. I never get naps, but uh, right after lunch, okay, don't you get sleepy right after lunch at work? That's, that's siesta time. It was siesta time in the Philippines, but... Uh, you get sleepy after lunch. And I, I saw everybody was so sleepy at work and trying to keep yourself awake. So I said, yeah. And, uh, and Gabe said, well, about, about 2 o'clock when I'm in another, another meeting on the phone, and that's about all they do is, he said, I'll, I'll think about you taking a nap. So I said, okay, about that time I'll be taking a nap. And another shirt my, my wife gave to me, she, I told her to have presents to give me lately because I, I need more I just need more shirts and I said I said uh, just, just give me some more you know t-shirt things so she had she gave me my family's calling me Yoda lately and I didn't, maybe it fits I like Yoda and so out of Star Wars and so so Sandra my my wife she's got a good sense of humor too and so she gave me a Yoda shirt and uh, and so it says <clears throat> naps and snacks Naps and snacks. Okay, I get the picture, and I, and I have a hard time, and I have taken more naps right after lunch than I, than I ever have before, and I try not, I'm trying not to do it anymore because I find out I wake up after an hour, an hour and a half, and I think, man, I slept. In fact, uh, so naps and snacks. But God's telling us, wake up, wake up, wake up, guys. Guess what? guess what I mean you're a new church you're new Christians and all this but you know Christ is going to come back the Lord's coming back so you know 
wake up, pay attention, follow him, be his disciples. The night's nearly over. The, this world, it seems so dark all the time, and, but it's nearly over. It's nearly over. We can put our hope on, on Jesus. It said, wake up from your slumber, put aside the deeds of darkness, <clears throat> and put on the armor of light. There, there we go again. You know, the armor of light. He, and basically, you know, the, uh, the armor that, that we put on as Christians, he's calling it the armor of light. And then he says to clothe yourself. And he uses that. He has some, Paul has some images he use, uses again and again. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ like we put on clothes. Put on clothes every day. Going back to the Philippines. So, we're in contact with the, the people in the church we started. And, you know, we, uh, oh, I don't know what year it was. S Sandy got onto Facebook, and she does Facebook. She does Facebook for me. I just look at the, the pictures of grandchildren and people and stuff and let her take care of all the business. But Renee Ballone, one of the, one of, one of the first person who came to Christ, he popped up and he had a message to Sarah. He said, hi, Sandy. He found her. Hi, Sandy. And he told about it. So we, we, mess, we started messaging him. And, and he said, yeah. He said, uh, we, we got the building up. And uh, I retired from work. And I'm, on the, I'm a pastoral staff on the, on the church. I'm one of the pastoral staff. And, and, uh, and so it's like, wow, this is really cool. And and so uh, I showed pictures. They, 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 lo they love to celebrate the anniversary of the church. And, and so they, they, and they like to eat. I love, love Filipinos. They like to eat just like I do. But, and so uh, they, they showed the celebration and all. And they get a lot of guest people that come. And, and he said, oh, <clears throat> the food was to die for. Die for. Makes you hungry. Mildred Rossetti, she was the lady we started the, the Bible study in the house. And, and uh, she moved to a different area of Metro Manila, goes to a different church, but she, they come there all the time. And, and so she's always putting stuff about the Lord uh, on, on Facebook and, and about, the but mainly about the family and about the Lord. And, and uh, she'll, she'll go and she preaches at churches and shares and all this. And wow, exciting exciting their church many of the people they the, the people there are in life groups uh, they've, they've really focused on that small groups and the whole Filipino church and people are connecting and they're in life groups and they, they want to reach their, their families and friends for the Lord and so anyway it's exciting it's exciting to have that in our lives so you know, Jesus wants our attention. The whole, world, the whole world's suffering with this COVID stuff. And it's, it's inconvenient, but it's, it's a problem. And pray for each other. Pray, pray for people that are sick. Pray for what's going on. And the Philippines, my goodness, they, they, they're just getting vaccines. They, they've had so, they're a poor country, developing country, and and I just, I, I read the news too and they're getting 22 million doses uh, coming in of Pfizer and uh, for 110 million people. 
to help them all. But, uh, you know, so they're all struggling. Everybody's struggling. Jesus wants our attention. He wants us to be, he wants us to become his disciples. And to become a disciple, you're, you know what? You know, but you don't become a disciple on your own. I, I'm in, I'm in the, the, the discipleship training class, which we call FORM right now. And, and you don't become a disciple on your own. If, if, you know, contact somebody. You know somebody more mature or somebody that's, that, that seems to be a good Christian or loves the Lord, talk to them. Talk to them and see if you can meet with them. Talk, talk to the staff of the church. See if we can find somebody to, to meet with you to, to help you to grow in your Christian walk. I'm going to conclude here. When I was a young Christian many years ago, I'm 67, I became a Christian at the time of the last major spiritual revival in the United States. It, it, was, it, basically, it basically was young people, but it spread to others. We called ourselves the, the Jesus people. And, and during that time, there's a lot of music that came out. That's where this modern worship music and stuff was, was coming from. And, and there's a song I, these words are, are, I've always stuck in my mind and I was thinking about it, you know, in the last few months. I, I'm very musical and so lyrics stick with me. So this is a song called Until Your Love Broke Through and it's by, uh, it's by Keith Green and Randy Stonehill which uh, <laughs> you, you can look them up and, and, uh, and see what they look like back in the, the 70s. But it's called Love Broke Through, so I'm going to read this, and then, and then we'll come and close. It says, Like a foolish dreamer trying to build a highway to the sky, all my hopes would come tumbling down, and I never knew just why, until the day when you pulled away the clouds that hung like curtains on my eyes. I've been blind all these wasted years and I thought I was so wise but then you took me by surprise. All my life I've been searching for that crazy missing part and with one touch you just rolled away the stone that held my heart. And now I see that the answer was as easy as just letting you in. And I'm so sure I could never doubt your gentle touch again. It's like the power of the wind. The chorus, like waking up from the longest dream, how real it seemed until your love broke through. I'd been lost in the fantasy that blinded me until your love, until your love broke through. That's how I felt as a young Christian and, and uh, God's love had broken through and, and uh, I'm so glad I've been following him these years. Have I, have, have I had my ups and downs? Of course. Yeah, but, but God's God helped me. You know, and, and he helped me today. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't preached for a long time. I, I taught for many years here in the church. And so there's a little anxiety, but he just said, peace, be still. Be still and know that I am God. And so may, maybe you've never made that decision to, to come and receive Christ as Savior. You can do that today. You can, you can come to him. He's the, he's the crucified Lord for your sins, the risen Lord. And, and you can make a personal decision coming to him, receiving him as personal Savior and Lord. And he, he wants us who know him to be his disciples, to follow him.
So let's close in prayer. And then, uh, yes, the worship team will, will come out. Father, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for who you are. And, and life is tough, but God is good. And so uh, <laughs> keep our attention on that because we wander. Lord, we feel it. We wandered all the time. And just bring us back because we who know you, we know we have the power of your spirit to help us. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.